The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of The Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I have Bob Gardner from The Freedom Specialist. I love the word freedom. It's a good word, right? Um, I I love it. Yeah. It's a good word. Bob, hey, buddy. Thanks for being here. Yeah, hey, my pleasure, man. I'm excited. This should be a good show. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Um, I got to tell you guys, um, I was a little disappointed because I was on Bob's website and he had a big beard. And then his, <laughs> his wife made him cut it back a little. He had a little, little trim and his beard ain't so big no more. So we know who the CEO is over there. It's the wife. It, it almost always is. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, man. Happy wife, happy life, right? That's a good thing. So um, I'm really excited to have Bob on because Bob uh, helps people break through, helps them break through their stress. And, you know, that we talk about all the time. I've, I've belabored the point over and over, but I know repetition's the mother of skill. Is like you, if, if you have something going on in your life, no matter what it is, especially if you have a, some illness, like you have cancer or heart disease or fibromyalgia or multiple sclerosis or whatever, right? Whatever you're dealing with, you have, you know, um, you, you're not going to heal if you have stress in your life. You, you, and we all have stress out there, but it's how we respond to that stress, right? Which is important. So what I liked about him was the first thing he talked about was stress and helping people break through that and anxiety and depression, addiction, traumas and pains, and um and he talked about his our body's innate ability to um to heal itself and leave all that crap behind and so you do retreats Mm -hmm. um which is awesome so you get people out of their i would say comfort zone but it's it it kind of is but it's kind of the broken zone um and then you Mm -hmm. help them reframe it so they go back and it, it becomes truly a supportive zone because they start responding differently to it and then you also have a, a book uh, we'll talk more about later called Built for Freedom. You guys can get a copy of the ebook or buy the hard copy if you want. But anyway, um, but, but how, you know, all of this, this is like, dude, I see like this is the future of humanity right now. Like the, the old way of doing things, you know, is is gone. And, you know, with COVID happening, um, with all that stuff going on, it showed people that, yeah, you know what? I don't need to drive two hours in traffic to get my job done, you know, and the companies were fine with it. And so they could actually have smaller buildings and less overhead. And what also happened is a lot more people started their own businesses. And because what's happening, what I've noticed is that our systems are broken. Our systems out there are completely broken. And what's happening is, is that the policies been delivered by these politicians have literally delivered us to a point where our children now are dying younger than us. And let that sink in a little bit, guys. You know, we've talked about this before. So what's happening is, is because the system is breaking down, the educational system is broke. If you want your kids to get a poor education, sorry, teachers, but I know you're the good people caught up in the thing. Um, some of you, um, that's just the way it is. Same thing with doctors and nurses. The medical system is broken, except for uh, critical care. Uh, pal- you know, this 
is it's it's just broken. The system's broken. It's obviously our our infrastructure is a D minus in this country. So shit's breaking down. And uh, it, if for some reason, you know, human beings, we're very tolerable. And we have to wait till there's a 9-11 event before we get off our butts and start doing stuff. And people are noticing, like myself and Bob and the listeners, that, you know, this is what's happening. We have a, a breakdown of our, our family unit, our, our communities, our society at all levels. So what's happening is, is people like myself and Bob and a lot of people listening, we're grabbing the reins of our life and we are starting to take responsibility for all aspects of it. And as we figure this stuff out and we heal ourselves physically or we heal ourselves emotionally or we get that career and we start making income that we want and we get the relationship that we always wanted or we fix and repair the relationship that we had, we want to tell other people about it. And so this is what's happened to Bob. So Bob has a story to tell about how the Freedom Specialist got built. And that's where I'd like you to start, my friend, is like, where were you growing up and, and what was going on through your childhood and the traumas that you experienced and then how you, you know, busted through that and became what you're doing the you know, the man you are today. Yeah. I, uh, what's, what's interesting about my story is I didn't really experience what most people would call a traumatic childhood. Now there are people since then that have been like, no, when you describe your childhood, there's trauma all over the place. So <laughs> I guess it's anybody's game. Um, but I wasn't <clears throat> really excessively bullied. I was not, um, but my father was in the military. We moved around a lot and it was a really kind of, you know, tight knit family. We lived in Germany for like six years and we moved into inner city Dayton, Ohio. And then we moved over, you know, and so there were places where I was constantly feeling like I, I didn't fit in. I constantly needed to kind of show that I was worth something. And so I learned how to get along with other people, to make acquaintances, to kind of become a chameleon inside of a group but I often felt had this nagging feeling that I didn't belong or I wasn't good enough or there was something wrong with me or I was an outsider and I so I got my attention and my praise and stuff through academics sometimes and and then sometimes through physical sports or or some other kind of talent I was an artist growing up and so I would get attention in those ways but there was there was a kind of a, a hole on the inside and a lot of social anxiety there and, Hold on. Was that artist part? Sorry to interrupt. Was that artist part? I saw a guitar in one of your videos. You play music? I, I yes. I well, I play around on the guitar. My kids are way better than I am. Uh, <laughs> but I got a master's degree in painting and drawing. So oh, that's cool, actually, cool. Yeah. Okay, that's so, that's a big deal, and people need to like artists is a it's important. That's a very important part of our society. So anyway, I want to honor you for that. So that's cool. Well, Thank you. Yeah. Um, and it, actually, creative expression is one of the things that really helped me out a lot, you know, in the beginning was mm -hmm. how do I get how do I get all this stuff out of me in a way that it doesn't fester, you know. And so um, I was feeling that way, that that level of not belonging, social anxiety. And it, when I was 14 years old, that's when I ran into pornography for the first time. And like any kid, I was curious. My dad didn't tell me about it, you know. And so I asked him what a condom was one time. And he told me it was an emergency water bag. And uh, so then when I <laughs> found out on some TV show what it was, I was like, well, I guess I can't ask my parents anymore. And so then I started getting curious. And then uh, I got into it and I started kind of exploring how does the plumbing work, you know. And then pretty soon I realized that that felt way better than trying to interact with real human beings and trying to figure out if they liked me. And so it became an escape. And for the next 18 years of my life, that was the place that I went. I got into some psychedelic drugs for a, a good period of time using those as an escape. 
Um, and so sexual addiction, psychedelic drugs, um, food all over the place. I was online playing video games like nobody's business. And I wasn't, I was charismatic on the outside, but I wasn't really living a really deep life on the inside. On the inside, I was scared. I was depressed. I was suicidal a lot of the times. There were so many nights where I would fall asleep, just tears like rolling down my cheeks into these little buckets in your ears, um, yeah. wishing I were dead, but not doing anything about it because I didn't want to cause pain to the people around me. So the only reason that I stuck around was because I didn't want to hurt my family anymore by ending my life. And so in the middle of that space, I went to 12-step programs. I went to, to visited with counselors. I did all kinds of coaching programs. And maybe I thought, oh, maybe it's my money income, you know, starving artist thing. So maybe I, if I make a bunch of money, then I'll do it. And so I went to coaching seminars that way. And I tried to build a business. And I was running a kung fu school at the time. And, and everything I tried, like on the outside, it was it, people would look in and say, wow, this guy's got a good life. He's, he's wife he has all these children but on the inside i was miserable until 2012 when my wife finally was like okay i need to know the the extent of all of the stuff that's going on the sexual stuff and everything else and i need to know what's going on and so i told her and for the first time we had four children at the time and for the first time there was this moment where she was like i don't know if i'm gonna stick around she didn't say she was going to leave. It wasn't like a hard, hard and fast thing, but she left the room and I sat there for the first time going, it's not just that I'm miserable on the inside. Now I'm staring down the barrel of a proverbial gun. That means I'm going to come home alone. I'm no longer going to have my kids interacting with me in the way that they're, they are now. They're not going to just jump up and be like, Hey daddy, whatever. And I'm still going to have to deal with all the stuff on the inside. And so at that point, I gathered enough willpower to try and just hold myself together, but it was crumbling. So over the course of a number of months, it was just like barely holding it together. And then one day she went to go pick the kids up from school. She stuck around, <clears throat> obviously. <laughs> and so one day she went to go pick the kids up from school. And while she was there, I was having this internal tug of war. Like, I, I can't anymore. I just got to go you know, backed out. I got to go do something that'll help me feel better. And in the middle of that, I had this vision of myself at 90 year old, 90 years old, still struggling with the same thing. Only decades had passed. And I was like, I can't, I, I don't want to live that life. I didn't want to kill myself, but I did not want to live the life that I had just seen in my own mind's eye. And so I turned around and I kind of threw out everything that anybody had told me. And I said, if some, if the people around me, if none of, if all of them are saying I'm going to be an addict forever, if all of them are saying I'm going to be stuck with depression forever and stuff, then obviously they might be great people, but they don't know how to get a different result. So why am I listening to them? So let me just go and figure this out on my own. And within a very short amount of time, we're talking weeks, I had changed so many different things inside of my system that like the notion of being an addict started to disappear from me really quickly. And I started to retrain my body, my body from the inside out. I challenged the word addiction. I was like, what is an addiction anyway? Like, is it a thing? There's not a molecule that I can go pick up an addiction at the store and take it on a date. You know, there's not this thing. Well, what is it? Well, it's a word we're just using to say, well, that person's not stopping and this one is. Well, so what's really going on? And I kept diving into it until I realized that at the bottom of it is this thing, this body here. And that when it's uncomfortable, only in moments when it's uncomfortable, 
does it seek something to make itself feel better? And if it, if I can live with ease in my body all the time, then, then the, the addiction just evaporates on its own. So does the depression. So does the anxiety, all the stress, stress is just built on my brain, not being in touch with the outside world is looking on the inside and goes, wow, we're uncomfortable in here. We must be stressed. And it creates these stressful experiences. And so as I started to shift what was going on inside of my body and reframe what was going on in my mind so I could see through all of these ideas that I thought were truth, but that weren't, things shaped up yeah, like, and they turned around really quickly. And so I lived for a number of years, just totally free. Um, still teaching my Kung Fu students, still helping people out. They were reporting that their PTSD was going away. And some of them that their physical pains like sciatica and some of these chronic pain symptoms were starting to lessen just from the things that I was sharing with them that I had done inside of the context of this martial arts thing still. And then I had a business coach go, dude, there are people struggling. <laughs> you, if you know how to handle this stuff, nobody does. Like you need to go teach them. And he gave me a few days and he said, you're going to have to put your story online. And if you're okay with that. And I was like, yes, yeah, I'm fine. And so in a few days later, I put uh, the first video online sharing everything that would, had gone on with me. I probably should have told my family first. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so they you see they, that, you know, these, these stories like this, man, are like, <clears throat> and that's where the ego stops people from sharing. It stops people from opening up because of the embarrassment and the shame that they feel. Yeah. And it, that that's the ego trying to protect you. But the reality is, is it's got you where you're at. And, by just finally saying, yep, this is me. Like I did this and all that. And that's, that's going to give you permission for the body to start to relax right there. In that's a big one way. Of the first step. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's one thing that 12 step program, uh, there's issues that I have with 12 step programs in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but I think that's one thing that they do right is you show up and you say, look, this is what's real Yeah, for me, you know? And so, um, so I put, I put it online and, People started finding me and we kind of struggled through trying to figure out what was going on. I had to figure out how to put into a, a systematic process all of the things that I had experimented with on my own. And so the first guys were really kind of brave with it. And they're like, like, I'm struggling with this or my, my marriage is falling apart this way and whatnot. What exactly did you do? And so we tested a bunch of things out. I quickly threw out the things that were just like not universally applicable and just like you did you know just yeah. all right what, what are the things that are actually working and if it's not working or if i find something better then i'm going to get rid of the other one and i'm going to use the better one and so within a within a few months i had developed you know about eight months i developed a a pretty robust system that could take somebody from the place of being either whether sexually addicted or depressed or anxious or something like that and turn it around into the point where they are you doing body-based things to start to shift their overall state of well-being and then we're having them challenge their thought processes and then we built that from there <clears throat> it was originally the business was actually called liberate a man but then the women were like isn't this for women too and i was like touche <laughs> so so i was like well what do i call this thing and i didn't want to call it the anxiety specialist or the depression specialist or the addiction specialist or the stress or because I wanted all of the focus of my mind to be on something that I valued. And the name of my company needed to be that way. So we shifted it to the freedom specialist so that everything we do is around really finding freedom. And freedom for me is not just freedom to be yourself, but that happiness, health, and well-being happen on autopilot such that there isn't any notion that you need freedom because you're, you, you just are it. Yeah.
And so, so that's how the company started. And since then we've helped about a thousand people. We started running retreats uh, about a year and a half after I was coaching people and, and the retreats have been an incredible space because that's how often a, do you do the retreats? We've done, uh, we do anywhere from three to six a year, depending on demand or depending on what kind of situations people are dealing with. We'd like to increase that, but we're still kind of adjusting and tweaking things as, as it goes. We'd like to eventually build a retreat center and be able to have them pretty regularly. Awesome. Yeah. Well, there's definitely, well, unfortunately there's, uh, an endless supply of clients that need this. Right. It's true. But that's the part of the breakdown of the system and going outside of the system where working class people are creating systems like yours to help other pe working class people is how we're going to heal ourselves. And again, this, what, what you are actually part of is a bottoms up movement. Yeah. And exactly. it's just like no different than 1776 when we're like, okay, yeah, we're done with this, you know, basically slavery model. And we're going to, we, we want, we want the freedom of speech and, you know, freedom to move and talk freely and do what you want and be your own person and have your own relationship with your God. And those people broke away from that. And I, you know, history wise, you know, people don't, a lot of people don't know it. 1776 happens. They people are like, Oh, we got our freedom. No, it was like 13 or 18 more years of struggle before it was actually in place. And the blue bloods from Britain that didn't believe in the freedom of speech and stuff, a lot, they, a lot of them never left and they stayed here and they started working their way into politics and, and business and stuff. And by the late 1800s, we were back into a new version of slavery with the industrial revolution. And we've talked about this before in detail on the show, but for new listeners, um, just as uh, and a recap and reminder for the other listeners that have heard this story before, it's very important information <laughs> because, you know, you could go to work and die because the working conditions were so dangerous. There was children in the workplace and you were basically working for slave wages, 12, 16 hour days. And on top of it, you'd go home and in the cities, there was urine and feces in the streets and dead horses and dead cows and animals in the water supply. So those policies and that infrastructure affected the working class people's health. So our children were getting very sick and, and we were very sick. And it's because of the environment that was created by that new slavery model. Those women got pissed and rose up in these bottom robust working class movements and drove America back into success again. The seventh, the second 1776. And by 1945, 48, 98% of infectious diseases was gone because they got infrastructure, plumbing, sanitation, and they got the urine, the feces out of the streets, and they got the dead horses and cows out of the water supply. And what you find out is, is, is from 1900 to 1970, around 150 million Americans striked for better health, better wages, better infrastructure, and better lives and more freedom for their children and themselves. And then we got lazy in the 70s, and now it's, it's went back, and now we're in a new form of slavery. A new form of digital prisons and you know censorship 10.0 where they're shadow banning people that have good messages and it's just all this stuff going on and and look at the wages and the amount of taxes we're paying so the system's breaking down and now businesses like bob's are like little flowers that are blossoming and i, I i'm on the pulse because i keep I, I have a show i'm talking to people on the daily we're coaching people and what's happening is people like you and me are popping up like popcorn it's like literally because the heat is there and it's like pop pop, 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 pop. And you, my friend, are not just helping the people that you're helping directly. 
But I bet you, if I asked you this question, there's probably already some people that have been in your retreat that have completely changed their career, changed their life, and now they're doing something similar to you. Is that correct? Yep, there are a number of them. Yeah, exactly. And so, guys, this is what it's all about. This is a very exciting, it's a very exciting time to be alive. It's like we're, it's it's a new revolution again. And it's working class people uniting bottoms up. So, Bob, that's really cool. I, um, I'm really proud of you for, I mean, you know, for me, I, I went to an institute and got kind of thrown into it and was like in full immersion. You just kind of out of desperation figured it out yourself and are continuing yeah. to figure it out. I left there and then I went on the same path that you did. Then it was after that, it was just like, what else do I not know? You know, I started dropping my ego and realizing I don't know shit. And, yeah. um, and that's when I freaking started growing and learning as a human being and actually be, you know, being a human. So but that's where the right. opportunity is right there, not knowing and being willing to admit that you don't know this, like the diagnoses people get, whether a medical diagnosis or a psychological diagnosis, the things being bandied around, around when you really look at them. Addiction is a theory. It has always been a theory and never been borne out at all. Um, depression, anxiety, like when you really look at them and you say, do I really know what's going on? And when you're just willing to ask that question, that's where the opportunity arises. Awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll get more into uh, the you know addiction, depression, anxiety, and stuff, that the real-world stuff that people are dealing with and, we'll, and uh, what you've been experiencing in your practice. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health. The best part? It is super gentle, and there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my guest, Bob Gardner, the Freedom Specialist. All right, Bob, thanks for sharing your backstory. Pretty powerful stuff. Again, um, there's more and more people. It's just, it makes me so happy to see this because there's such a need out there in the community. Like, you know, winter's coming and and it's getting colder over here in Eastern Oregon already and fall and winter here. And um, I'm going to be going down to the hot tubs every week because we, we have a hot springs here. Oh, it's nice. been around for a long time called a, a hot lake. And it used to be a big, huge hospital and half of it burnt down. And, and so it's kind of been, you know, it was like a haunted house for years. We used to run around there and fish in the ponds and hunt pheasants around the building. And now they've, somebody bought it and remodeled it and they have a hotel and all this stuff. So I'm going to be going down there and getting a lot of, of um, uh, soaks. And when I'm sitting in these soaking tubs, just like when I'm talking to clients all day long, people open up and they tell their stories and, oh man, people are, they're just, things are a mess. Things are a mess with their health. They're a mess with their relationships. Their children are a mess. And um, and that's why it's so important today for all of us to become our own doctors and learn how to self-heal. And you can do it on your own. Or, you know, if you can get a little guidance from myself or people like Bob, might make a little bit of sense because we can get you there a lot faster. Um, and because uh, we've already been through a lot of the stuff and made a lot of the mistakes, right? All right, so... What are the main problems that you're that you're seeing out there that kind of you guys special in specialize in? 
So we actually started helping people with sexual addictions just because that was a lot of what my own story was. But very, very quickly, people started coming out of family members started coming out of the woodworks. The people we were working with started seeing their depression go away, their anxiety go away. These were chronically depressed people, people who had bipolar or diagnoses with bipolar and OCD. Um, really? Bipolar has been yeah. a tough one, even for me to help people. I mean, in the end, it's it's to a certain extent a chemical swing one way or another, and yeah. uh, and so to be able to manage your chemistry from the inside instead of manage it from the outside, like what you do, Tim, is produce like an exceptional like range of product and ingredient that is sourced well that doesn't have all the pesticides and all the other crud in it, so that they're not getting chemistry that's out of the way. But then you're using this chemistry from the inside to help support gut lining health and all the other stuff that's going on on the inside. What I do is I'm showing people how to stimulate their body's production of feel good chemicals without needing an external substance. And so in tandem with really good nutrition, because you need good nutrition, the ability, for instance, for people to start producing their own painkillers on the inside, instead of relying on a painkiller from the outside, which is a poor substitute for what humans can produce or for people to start producing more serotonin or more dopamine, but like in a healthier balance or producing DMT in its own way. Sorry, my dog's coming into the- into All the right, picture. what's the dog's name? Chester, the world's, <laughs> best, the, best, the world's best dog from the movie, The Kid with Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, buddy, go sit down. That's a good dog. So, yeah. So um, the this production, this internal production of, of chemistry, that was something that I really, really wanted to figure out because I, I realized that all the emotional issues that I was struggling with were essentially chemical in nature. There's an imbalance, my pH is off and whatnot. And starting with good food was one thing that seemed to help. But then when, when my mind would go one way or another way, how do I get it back into balance? And the quickest way was to do some of these very, very physical practices like how do you breathe? What is the way you're breathing? Is your breathing matched to the exercise you're doing? How do you move? Is your, is your movement relaxed and calm is it is it jittery and choppy and shaky like what are you what's your eyesight doing how, how are your eyes focused so as i started working with these things then all of these people that were having these other struggles started to realize that they thought they had an outside diagnosis some amorphous blob of a disease that had been imposed on them that was microscopic in nature and when i could bring them back to their own experience and say well what do you what are you actually experiencing it's tension it's uh you know, jittery eyes or shortness of breath and stuff. And I was like, let's change those. And as we started to toggle those things, the things that are in their actual experience and things they can measure, then all of these other like really scary diagnoses went away to the point where we had people with Lyme's disease and fibromyalgia show up. And not everything is solved just by doing this. Like the nutrition is a huge piece, but for them to be able to like seven years of pain gone by doing some very physical things in a very short amount of time. Uh, one lady came up, she had like Lyme's disease and Epstein-Barr and Hashimoto's and leaky gut. And I'm sure you know about this litany. Oh, yeah. It all kind of happened together. And uh, she'd been in pain for a long time. And I could see it was built up. And really, there was a lot of stuff going on in the center of her back. And so I was like, look, you, can we just try something? And I just thumped her really, really hard, very precisely in the spots that were there three different times, having her breathe out as I was doing it and relax and just calm down. And then she texted me that morning, the next morning at like 1 a.m. going like, I haven't had, it's been seven years of nonstop razors against the bones pain. 
and my body is totally free of it. What, what did you do? What happened? And all I did was give her brain with those thumbs enough information for them to say, do we really need to keep producing pain the way we've been producing it? What's really going on? And in that moment, it made a really critical decision. It was like, you know what? Pain is not very really helping us in this situation. The guy with the now shorter beard is the really enemy. <laughs> let's, let's, let's focus all our forward firepower on him instead. And her body stopped producing pain. And yeah. since then has stopped producing pain. This is years ago. Um, and then, then we could start to work on all the other bits of the puzzle. So, uh, well, you, you brought up, with, you brought up fibromyalgia as an example, yeah. or, um, Epstein bar and these types of stuff. So this is a very important point because when people are told this, you have this, you know, it's, it's almost like the, you know, in the wizard of Oz, he's back there pulling the stuff and it's big thundering voice. You have fibromyalgia and. You're going to have it forever, you know, and it's <laughs> and just they do like, the same with addiction. They're the same with yeah, addiction. And it's too. like, oh my God. It's like, but take this pill and it'll make you feel better for the rest of your life. And it's like, okay, like if, if that first off, I mean, I'm going to, I go off on tangents, but if a doctor just hands you a pill and they didn't talk about your relationships, your stress, your food, your sleep, all this kind of stuff, you're not dealing with a doctor, which AKA the Latin root is teacher. They're not teaching you anything. Um, you have a, you have a drug dealer. That's who you're talking to. I mean, that's the reality of it. Let's just be honest. And again, our children are dying younger than us. So the system's broken. But the problem is, is they give you this diagnosis. And they literally take this big, like spiky, heavy metal thing and they hang it on your neck. And now you're packing this around. I, and it says fibromyalgia on it. And you start identifying, associating with fibromyalgia. When they're really, what you should be saying is like, my leg hurts. Exactly. Let's look at that. My leg hurts. It's like, that's it. That's what you should be talking about. Not so you're actually helping people disassociate, which is the same thing we do with these diseases. Like, no, just say my back hurts or right. my stomach's cramped. You know, my bowel movements are terrible or whatever. They're, they're like mine. They were coming out like rocks. Okay. Now we can see that that's, that's the real problem. Now, what can we do about it? And understanding that the body is literally a chemical factory. Like what Bob was talking about, like, we can make our own pain medications. We can make any, our body is, it can do like pretty much anything. I don't know. I mean, I, it's kind of crazy what the human body can do. It's, it freaking blows yeah. my mind. Right. And so yeah. all we're trying to do is get all the stuff out of the way that's blocking it, which is the stress and the toxins and the chemicals and the heavy metals and the radiation, and the pollution. And because of the degradation of the immune system, then these harmful organisms, they're there for a reason, but they kind of get out of whack. The, viruses and the bacteria and the mold and the yeast, the fungus, the mutant, all these things, the cancers, parasites, they, they just, everything's just kind of out of balance. All we're talking about here is just getting you back into balance in nature because you are nature. That's it. That's it. And when you start moving back into balance, you start being able to like think and, and free yourself from these shackles of these diagnoses. Right. One of the things that rolls you out of balance, too, is the diagnosis itself, because as you perpetuate that thought process, then all of a sudden you start to see the world that way and your body reacts as if it is that way. So you start to produce the environment that may not have been there in the beginning just because you got a diagnosis. It builds yeah. tensions in the body. It builds a chemical type of production because you're, gonna, you're at war now. You're fighting something off. It builds a sense of fear inside of your system. And those are all kind of mapped into your body, almost like a muscle memory. 
And so, and there's a lot of nonverbal bits of it. And that muscle memory is what we really want to address, uh, not just talk through it and like reframing and questioning the diagnosis is really important, but you got to get the body to let go of it too. Your mind may have gotten the message. Most of the people listening to this, I bet, are smart enough that they figured it out mentally, but their body hasn't gotten the memo yet. And that's the piece that needs yeah. to happen as well. So I'm really interested in the um, the physical, you know, uh, thumping on people because I saw it on there. And for a second, I was like, what's he doing? Systema on people. I don't know if you've seen that where mm. the, those guys have to take the open hand and then they, they come down at an angle and then like they knock the crap out of people, but you were doing a different technique. Obviously you're, can you, can you walk us through that? Is that, and you can use it anywhere on the body. Yeah. So, so I am trained in Systema. I'm, I'm also a certified Systema instructor. Really? And, <laughs> yes. Isn't it funny I brought that up? Yeah, it's so hilarious that you brought it up. Most people be like, Systema, what the heck are you talking about? So oh, yeah. Great. Good job, Tim. <laughs> and uh, I'm trained in some deep forms of body work that that were used in tandem with this. Like most really deep martial arts, like 70% of them are healing practices, actually. Yeah. How do you put the body together? How do you take it apart? How do you have robust health for yourself? And <clears throat> how do you rehabilitate after battle or after a cold spell or something like this? And so the 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 a, a massage essentially, people are like, Oh yeah, massage, that's great. And some of you have had deep tissue massages where yeah. you're like, oh, it was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, um, but then afterwards you're like, it worked. It worked really well. And it's just releasing some stuff. Well, if you if you speed up a massage, it starts to look like a, like a punch. And so depending on the intention of the person doing it, that's half of it. Mm. Like what, how you hold yourself when you're working with somebody else, it's not just, well, yeah, this hurts, punch it. It's like, how well do you understand your own body? How relaxed are you? How much joy and energy are you exuding anyway? Because that's going to come inside of it. And so the happier you are, the healthier you are, the more at ease you are, then you can do something like this at speed and that relaxation and joy and everything transmits into the other person. Not in some weird voodoo way. It's like mirror neurons. In well, the no, body. I mean, here's the deal, dude. Like chiroph chiropractors use a tool called an activator. And that's yeah. what the whole chiropractic profession is, is they do these adjustments very quickly to bypass the body's own like tensing up response so they can get in there and open the thing up. It's the mm -hmm. same thing. There's I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I see the correlation now. Yeah. Yeah. And so like doing that, you can do it anywhere on the body. Obviously, if you're going to do it on the face, then people are probably going to complain. So maybe don't punch them in the face. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to emotions, here, I remember in the beginning, oh, sometimes yeah. I'd get really stuck. Your thymus gland is under here. You got a lot of stuff and a lot of connective tissue that can bound up. And all of the things that happen to you and all the times that you tense your muscles in response to an outside quote unquote trigger, which you don't have triggers, you're not a gun, people. Okay. So, but, but some outside situation, if your body tenses up, all of the little myofascial fibers and tendons start to rewire and rework themselves into some different situations. And sometimes a good thump is enough to like kind of jar them loose out of the, you know, where they've been and go like, Oh, wait a second, what are we supposed to be doing again? And then it starts to reset the system. So I would have my wife just thump me a few times until I could get the emotion moving. Cause it was really stuck. And then I'd be yeah. like, thank you. And then, then I would go cry it out or I would finally feel like I was at ease and my body would settle. And as soon as my body settled, my mind settled, there was no drive to go get stuff, no drive to have to be productive for no reason at all. No need to have somebody validate me. I would just sit there in utter bliss because of being hit. And sometimes I've told people, like, I feel like I've learned more about the creator and God by being punched in the face and hit with a whip and stuff like that than I ever learned by someone teaching me about it. 
because my body got the message. It was beyond verbal. Well, ladies, I hope you're getting this. We're giving you permission for your jackass husbands. You can go punch them in the chest. Yeah, just make sure <laughs> just make sure you're happy to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they're gonna be happy. They're, they're gonna be happy. No, but it's 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 a system, and obviously you would have to have two participating parties. They would both have to be understanding what's going on. The person doing the th- it's basically a therapy. And it's like, so, and it probably depends too, if you're dealing with an 80 year old woman versus a 27 year old, you know, the the gal that weighs a hundred pounds versus a guy that's 250 pounds and he's 27 years old, right? Must football player. There's going to be a different level of intensity on the thump. I would imagine. And, and and you need to learn to listen to the body. The body doesn't always want to thump, you know? And so that's, that's part of the training, the stuff that I'm working with people now and teaching them how to do is how do you listen to what is this body in front of me asking from me at this point in time? Because it's not just now that I have a hammer, I'm going to run around hitting all the nails. In the yeah. It's like, okay, yes. A lot of men actually like are so afraid of hurting people. They'll, they'll go to MMA and they'll train some stuff. But they're like, there's a fear innately in humans. Like, I don't want to get hurt and I don't want to hurt other people. And we've been taught that like this type of impact and this type of deep connection with humans is somehow bad. It's violent and it's bad. But you would be surprised how much the body responds to that in the healthiest way with joy and resilience. It's like we crave the deepest possible touch. We want to be known and seen in our entirety. And like we want to know ourselves that well. And sometimes that doesn't happen when people are validating us and petting us and and making us soothed and stuff. Like sometimes we need to like be tested and discover our own strength. Well, that's something it's resilience. I mean, that's the, the, the human body is, and we're not, we're not talking about, you know, you know, I was a big fan of MMA. I've coached people in MMA. Actually, one of my coaches is an MMA world champion, Pat Militich. I don't know if you know who he is, but but he, um, and hall of famer, right. So, and he made a living punching people in the face. And, um, I actually, when, uh, Gaethje fought Tony Ferguson, that's when I had a, uh, my heart just was like, I-, I can't do this anymore. Like they should, I was like, they stopped. I was like, I kept going, stop the fight, stop the fight. Yeah. And Tony just kept standing there and taking these, they finally did stop the fight. I, I was just like, I'm like, what am I doing? Am I part of all this thing? Um, just by, by watching it. It's like, and we, we wonder why we get upset when we have to send our young men and women over to war. It's like, why are we so like the fight breaks out in school, everybody goes to it. Cause they want to see it. It's like, it's this draw for this. So, but at the same time, the body's designed to take a hit and come back stronger. Our immune systems like that. Our immune systems are designed and wants to be exposed to different viruses and bacterium so that it can take a hit and our interference system can recognize what it was and develop the necessary you know, antibodies and the things that needs to to handle that virus and make a thousand times stronger your immune system. When you like when a virus comes in, you literally it makes thousands of variations of solutions for that particular virus because it knows that virus is going to continue to be mutating. So it's you you literally become a thousand times stronger when you get exposed to, let's say, a certain type of a cold virus, right? Or a flu virus. And they're always changing, you know, or COVID or whatever. Your body wants this stuff. Now I don't COVID, I don't know about that one because I don't know how natural that thing is, because I just don't know. But the body will take a hit and come back and you become stronger just like doing push-ups. Your body requires resistance otherwise think about it. if you tie your arm up in a sling and you don't use it you know eventually it'll just atrophy and fall off what what doesn't get used goes away right 
I mean, the same thing happened with the astronauts. You know, they they go up into space and they'd spend a lot of money trying to develop uh, machines so that the astronauts uh, wouldn't just like waste away and whatnot. And what they found was that impact exercise did some of the most. So where the body is actually hitting the ground, like in running and stuff like that, is doing more to stimulate the bones and the osteoblasts in the bones, but also the endocrine function of the bones where the bones start to produce more hormones than most of your endocrine glands just from impact. We're not getting that nowadays because everybody's like really politically correct and constantly having to use the right terminology for things and being able to cut through that, whether with words or with actions and physicality is a really powerful way to get your own nervous system to reset. And that's what I tell people that we're doing. It's not, we're not training them in martial arts, really. This isn't therapy. This is you, me helping you learn how to retrain your own nervous system to produce the kind of life experience that you want. Pretty cool. All right, bud, we're going to take another break. When we get back, we'll come. Get back. I want to hear some more of these stories and get into the solutions of what you're doing over there at the Freedom Specialist. We'll be right back. Cool. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on Earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my special guest, Bob Gardner, the Freedom Specialist. All right, Bob, so we've talked about your backstory. We we talked about the problems you were seeing out there. You know, you said you started with, like, sex addiction, but then it started help food addiction and then lots of depression and anxiety and stuff like that. People, And then it turned into even people that had health issues, you know. And it's so funny because, see, people come in to, like, us and they're like, I got a health problem. You know, I want to lose weight. Give me a pill and I'll take, you know, I'll take your products. And then that's it. It's like, well, yes, they're going to help you. And they could possibly solve your problem in the entirety, but they're just part of the toolkit. And what I've learned, it's not just about detoxing the gut and flooding the body with nutrition, but you, this stress thing, man, it's like, it became a big glaring thing. It's just as important as these other things is having a stressless life and being able to respond to those stresses that, you know, are never going to stop happening is a good thing. So we need the stress to respond to so that we can build resilience, but then we, we can also keep our, our nervous system in a calm state. So especially for the people that are trying to heal, this isn't just about detoxing and nutrition. It's about, relaxation right and 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 knowing that your body has an innate ability to heal itself and what innate means it's it's just naturally programmed to do it like it's just like how does your hair grow or if you get cut your body heals itself it just it otherwise you just sit there and if once you get cut you'd bleed out forever because you never stop bleeding the body just heals it up how does it do it well it's innately programmed to do so you are innately programmed to heal yourself of whatever you have because you've gotten yourself there. So however that was, the environment, the people you're around, the food that you were eating, the traumas that you experienced, and all this stuff had built up because that it's your body's not really in a flow state. And there's a lot of blockages in there and stuff's coming in, but you might be holding on to it for whatever reason. You think it's protecting you, but it's actually causing more and more disease and it could manifest somewhere else. Like we've seen people that you know, they might have a childhood trauma and all of a sudden it expresses itself as breast cancer 40 years later. 
and they don't know why they have breast cancer. I eat really well and I work out and all this stuff. Or it might be that they're wearing a sports bra and they put their cell phone right there. And lo and behold, you know, they got a breast tumor right there with a cell phone from the radiation. Yeah. And so you don't know what's causing it, but it, it's, it's where the discovery part is, right? So that's what you're saying. Nutrition's important. Reducing your stress is important. Releasing these blockages and these traumas is important. Hanging out with people that love and support you is important. It's really about the entire environment and this life experience that you create. And starting to taking this 30,000 foot view is what we want you guys to understand. It's like we can give you tools and strategies um, to do this stuff and get you going on the right path so it can open your mind and your heart to what else is possible. And then you can go to the next thing and the next thing. And some things will work and some won't. You just keep the ones that do and you keep moving forward. And a year or two or three years down the road, you're going to be like, you're a completely different person. Like the pain's gone. I've lost the weight. My relationship's better. Or I got a new relationship. Or I finally got a relationship with myself for the first time. I didn't even have that. All right. So what I want to get into now, Bob, was like uh, your – like some of, some of the stories of people – like I the anxiety piece I think is a really important one. Um, have you worked with any military people? Uh-huh. Yeah, military and also people who deal with a lot of trauma stuff also are – like nurses and ER doctors and people who are in these kind of high school. Oh, perfect. Or, or yeah. Why don't you talk about a couple like of them? So we had one guy come in. Uh, he's actually in the midst of it. Um, his name is Brian. He came to us. Uh, he was an ER doctor. Uh, I think he was a nurse uh, in the ER and he'd lived in that world for a long period of time. We've had a couple of them and they were both there at the same kind of retreat and talking back and forth. Um, and he came to us because his relationship was falling apart. He was using uh, alcohol and he was using pornography and he was using all these other kinds of things to kind of manage and cope with his situation. So he thought that his situation or the problem with his situation was, oh, I have these like addictive behaviors that I need to get rid of. And then if I get rid of those, then my relationship with my wife will be okay. <laughs> and yeah. if I get rid of and then if that's better, then, you know, it's, and he didn't even consider that the way that he was living his life and the way that he was seeing the world was building up so much stress inside of him. He didn't, he didn't even connect those two. And so he had come having collected hundreds of stories over the past little while that he was trying to put together into a book of the kind of PTSD that he was seeing with nurses and with doctors and with surgeons who are dealing with watching people die day to day and having to get up and move on or seeing some really heinous things happen inside of that environment where bodies are being cut up or the wrong, uh, sometimes mistakes are made or people are like hopeless and they don't have anything else to do. And I, I mean, I've recently been into the ER with my dad a number of times with his cancer and I'm looking at some of the things in there. There's no light in those buildings, right? There's not windows most of yeah. the time. And like they're under fluorescent lights and they're there nonstop and it's on call and they have to deal with like this sort of like thick wall that a thick skin they have to develop where like, it's like I have to care about this person, but not so much that like everything that goes wrong with them is going to create an emotional thing and they become numb emotionally. So he comes and we start working with him through this process and we're taking him through deep breath work experiences not just the stuff we have them do at home that's simple and easy to do that everybody can do that we teach them but like i'm taking them through hour-long uh breathwork experiences where i'm deprogram helping him deprogram all of these things that he's collected in his memory banks for a long period of time and then i'm working with him deep tissue work deep into the body releasing things 
and helping him like access it. And every time you push in a spot in the body that was related to a memory, then memories can come up, emotions can come up. And then we're sh showing them as, as soon as it comes up, then we're teaching them how to breathe through it and how to release it and relax it so that it can move its way out and it's no longer there. And so he's processing all of this stuff. He comes out the other side just of the retreat, which is just five days long, our retreats. Um, they're really intensive. We take them through the whole gamut of the nervous system to help them see like utter stillness and complete like a lot of intensity going on and help them discover that they're okay in the middle of all of it. And they don't have to be pushed around by any of it, but they also don't have to be numb. He comes out the other side and he's like, man, I didn't realize how much I was carrying. This is, he's like, this is the answer we need for everything. I, I got to figure out how to get this into hospitals and show these people what they're doing. Um, and he's like, I also didn't realize how much my wife was dealing with, with me around and how much I had been carrying. He was so numb to what he'd been carrying that it just felt like almost like a stage prop or a backdrop where you're walking and there's a rock there and a tree there and stuff. And you don't think to question, oh, is that paper mache? Cause you just like see an obstacle and you walk around it. All of a sudden we knocked on a few of them, flipped them over. And he realizes that's not a rock at all. It's just a little paper. <laughs> I don't need this in here. Starts clearing out the clutter and realizing wow, I didn't realize how much I was bringing home. I didn't realize how much I was carrying into my relationships with other people. No wonder I was running to alcohol or pornography or extramarital affairs or all of these other things in order for me to just shut off the noise. I didn't realize the noise was coming from in me. And the noise is essentially nervous system static from all of the excess and unnecessary tension and chemistry going on, adhesions in the organs and all the other stuff that had been happening. So Fast forward a couple of years and uh, he was asking for some advice. His relationship had kind of like changed a lot. He and his wife had gone their separate ways and he was dating somebody else and he was asking for a little bit of advice. And then he just started telling me about everything that had changed in his life as a result of the processes that we had taken him through. And then the practices that he took home and did on his own on the daily, just from what he had learned to get rid of things that used to be triggers. Most people will tell you that stress is a fact of life. And they won't tell you that stress is a production inside of your own body. We're not talking about physical stresses, like a you know a, someone sitting on you or something like that. But right. when you're talking about stress, we're not, that is a production. It is not a, necess a necessity. It is useful because it gets us motivated. We do things, but we don't all. Why do we need to be motivated by stress instead of curiosity, or stress instead of love, or stress instead of joy? Only because we've learned that we grew up in an environment where our parents, how did they get the bills paid? Well, the bill comes and then we watch them go like, oh man, well, I don't know. We watch them breathe weird. We watch them freak out. We watch them make facial expressions and we go, oh, that's how we're supposed to adult. Okay, got it. I'll grow up and I'll do that. And that creates tensions and, and discomfort inside the body. And so all of a sudden over time, we've built up this habit of creating discomfort in order to get ourselves motivated to do things instead of habit of relaxation and moving from a place of clarity of perception and joy and wonder and curiosity. Yeah. So stress here, we're telling him like, he's like, well, what about this thing that stresses me out? And so then we would have him look at it and we showed him very like ma three major different ways of decommissioning it so that what used to be a trigger doesn't trigger him anymore. It can happen and his body doesn't go into any kind of reaction. And he's just like, okay, that happened now. Okay. So what do we want to do from here? And he's not caught in reliving the past every time he looks at a new stressor. That changes a lot of, I mean, he, he changed up his career a little bit. The other nurse that was with us, he ended up 
shifting up his career to where he wasn't static at a hospital, but he would go in and be like a traveling nurse, you know, and go in for some yeah. sort of time, then have much time off. A lot of them have changed up their relationship, even to their own faith practice, where they realized that so much of their religious practice was around coping with their stress instead of actually developing a deep relationship on the inside with their whatever their version of God was, whether they were Jewish or whether they were Muslim or whether they were Christian. And to, to be free from needing to have a relationship with the creator to handle stress so that they can have a relationship with whatever the source of life is for them to 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 blossom into the kind of life that they were meant to be was radically profound for for so many of them the relationships changed their family experiences all changed you know so many things happened just from retraining the nervous system getting rid of the old gunk and offering a new perspective and giving them some simple tools that they can do on their own all the time yeah and how you respond to stress is really it, it it can manifest it will it will manifest is it can manifest as pain in the body um so we have like a burn ban here in the valley when it gets hot in the summer and you know you know we have wheat fields across the at our property we're on six and a half acres here the wheat's all harvested now and everything but you know my mom's always freaking out about it. They, they have the burn ban goes into effect and i'm like you know we have to take we have a waste basket we just put paper in it so it's not a big deal. We just put them in a big sack and then we keep them. And then later that fall, when it starts raining again, we burn all the papers. It's no big deal just for a few months during the summer. And um, like we've gotten an exceptionally amount of rain lately. Like the yeah. grass is green. It's wet. It was raining yesterday and um, the wastebasket had filled up. And I was like, I'm just going to go burn it, you know. But and then I saw my mom and she'll she'll freak out. So I'm not going to cause her that stress. So I get up early in the mornings and I burn. If it's if it's green out, I'm not going to do it. You know, and if, yeah. and if I did do it, I thought it was a problem. I'd have the hose out there and I'd be sitting there with the hose. I'd water down around it and I'd I'd do what's right. And uh, and this morning I got up and burned it. She got up early and she's like, "Oh my God, what are you doing?" And and just she just lost it. Like, and then all of a sudden her neck started hurting and she was like, Oh, what are you doing this to me? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, you're doing it to yourself. Like she's no, you, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't, she's not getting that. It's like, your dad does this. And it's like, and you know, I got to sit here and I'm worried about getting the taxes done. I'm like, they're, they're really simple to do. I'll help you. You know, it's like, but, but we have to do it my way. And I'm like, did I say that we wouldn't do it your way? You know, it's just like, just all this stuff getting built up, built up. And she's sitting there thinking about it and just, and she's in pain. And like, she, I can literally watch her come out and she's, you know, okay. And then she goes over and her and my dad start arguing about his taking his eight, 10 pills and all the stuff he's got to do. And that's not how you yeah. do it. I'm like, he's been taking pills for 20 years. It's like, and you haven't figured it out. You know, it's gotta be, it's got, it's a stress. And then, and I saw her neck starts hurting in the morning, right when they start, right as she starts helping him out with the pills, because it very, yeah. very seldomly goes comfortably for them. No, you cannot have an emotion without a body reaction to it. They're in, inextricably tied. Yeah. And knowing that should be enough for a person to start to go, oh, so that means I can toggle my emotions with my body. Now, like, here's a great way to do that, because sometimes people don't want to, like, it, it's hard to take responsibility, even for myself, when I was angry and stuff, it took me a bit to be able to like, if I snapped at my kids when I was younger, be like, you know what, kids, that was on me, like, 
I was uncomfortable with what you were doing and I didn't know how to go with it. So I ended up yelling, that is not your fault. That's like, to, it took a bit for me to say like, I made myself angry and I used you as an excuse. Yeah. But, but if you turn it around and you look at all the things that you say make you happy, this is an opportunity. Go in and go be like, oh, wow, that made me so happy. Go look at it. Where did the happiness come from? Did it float through the air on a cloud and suck up into your nose and then fill your system? You're like, oh, it made me so happy. Or did the happiness that you felt spring up from the inside? Your, your brain is such an, an incredible machine. Like this, this master producer of experience, right? So your body is having an experience with the outside world. If you were unconscious, meaning your body's just functioning, but you're, your experience producer isn't really fully on, then the same thing could have happened and you would have had zero emotion about it. But because you were awake and conscious for it, the same remark made by the person, the same smell in the air, and all of a sudden, your brain goes into this masterful symphony and creates this beautiful experience and you have this feeling of elation. That was created by you. And Tony Robbins is sometimes quoted as saying, like, if you're going to blame, blame responsibly because everybody wants to blame his mom, their mom for like all their problems or blame yeah. their parents. And he's like, that. blame her also for feeding you every day and for making sure you had clothing. <laughs> and here yeah. I want to say blame responsibly. Yeah, don't, if you're going to, like people want to blame everything else on the outside for, for their own happiness and their own misery. And I want to say, take it all inside. You also created all of your happy moments. That is within you. And you're already doing it. So the moment you sit there and think of yourself as broken, you also are creating that experience and that thought. You are that capable. The fact that you can do that means there's nothing wrong with you. And there never has been. It just means that, well, you're a master possibly at misery and maybe a white belt at, you know, joy and happiness on autopilot. Yeah. So we just got to, we got to go to a different dojo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good analogy. I like that. I am a white belt in jujitsu right now and uh, really enjoying it. I've been doing it for, well, I don't know, two, it was like about two months. And then um, we were working on drills and I'm drilling with the biggest, best wrestler in there. And we were doing, you know, shooting and uh, doing yeah. single leg, double leg takedowns and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm not shooting in on this guy. He weighs 230 pounds and he's just going to sprawl and smash me. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, so I'll let him shoot it on me. And I, I did, but then he just, I don't know what he was like. He did this leg trip and I was just kind of let, you know, I was kind of being a practicing dummy and he leg tripped me and then I landed on my rib. I think my ribs broken and then oh. it was getting better. And then, but I'm out moving heavy equipment on the farm and I've really aggravated now. So I'm like, dang it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm stuck here again. So I got this, I got this pain in my, in my, my back. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of us have, can have pains in our backs and you don't have to fall and break your rib to do it. You know, mm -hmm. you can, it can be from the relationship and the lack of communication in your relationship. And yep, it could be for lack of communication and the relationship with yourself. How many people have actually really sat down and it's like, who am I like, and, and what, what, what can I do? How, how do I go inside? And for me, I just, I just talk about the heart. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you're making decisions in your life with your brain, and your body, which has its own brain, that's not where you want to lead. So just go to your heart and get compassionate. Like, so when somebody comes at you and like, ah, they're yelling and they might have bad so-called intentions towards you. If you come from the heart space and you realize that, wow, all they're doing is projecting all their misery and crap. Wow. I feel so much compassion for them. 
that's the space you can get to where your life will change for you because how you respond to these situations and it's not going to come from the brain or the the brain of the body it's going to come from your heart and when you do that um you know they might freak out even more in the beginning how come you're not yelling back at me right because they're not getting the stimulus response that they're used to um for them to be comfortable because that's the way it's been so if you know the, the argument thing i just think is it's it's sad. It's like, it's just this uh, emotional fighting stuff that's going on, even if nobody's touching each other, but whether somebody punches you or not, if there's verbal abuse and you don't know how to respond to it and you don't know that they're puking up all their stuff that's going on inside of them and you don't feel compassion for them, then you're going to take it like a punch in the face mm-hmm. and you're going to, and that, that trauma is going to be there and it's going to remain there and it's going to fester and it's going to get worse and worse. So yeah, I really appreciate you. Go ahead and Bob. Yeah, with my kids, I have them think about this very thing. And when the older brothers do something and the little brother does something and the older brother's like, you're being mean, or he says something. I tell my little kid, I'm like, you just look at that and you go, wow, he just made a noise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a sound. Oh, look, that's another sound. It frustrates the heck out of the older kids. But the little one doesn't have to take it on. Is anything like, wow, that dude just. Yeah, you you don't have to take it on. I learned an exercise, if I can remember. It was kind of like. Like if um, uh, understanding that it's not your shit when somebody's like yelling at you or doing this yeah. stuff, and even if you're in a relationship, to not take it on and respond differently to it and feel compassion for them. It's like, I mean, logically, you could be like, uh, what's your favorite color, Bob? It's a, it's like a periwinkle blue. Okay, periwinkle blue. So you're wearing a periwinkle blue shirt. You're walking down the street and somebody, some some guy walks up to him and is like, stops you and is like, I don't like your shirt or whether they go in and they're like, and I, I hate, no, they say I hate green and I don't like your shirt. Mm-mm. And then they walk off. What are you going to think? <laughs> wow. That just happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the person's nuts. Uh, yeah. Yep. You're not going to take it personally. You have a periwinkle blue shirt on. They walk up to you and you're like, I hate green and I don't like your shirt. And then you're like, my shirt's blue. That person's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just not going to think about it. You're not going to take it internally into you right. because it, there's no association with it. So when these people are like, I hate you and yada, 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 and all this stuff, it's like, dude, your shirt's blue and they're, they're telling you it's green. It's like, it's, it, it should be just like a water going off a duck's back. If you leave from your heart, but if you go from your pain body and, and you're, and you know, in your mind, you're going to take it in there and you're going to get beat up. And so yeah. you have all the control and it's so beautiful. And once people understand that, like you really control your reality from the inside out, it starts to become fun because you start controlling your emotions and your life. When the inside changes, the outside starts changing. And you'd be surprised. A lot of those people that are yelling, it just stops. It stops it and you can affect them too. And then they start changing. It's pretty fun. It's amazing. And it's awesome. And if they don't change, that's fine. Maybe you just don't hang around them anymore. Sometimes you- we do detoxing isn't just getting chemicals and toxins and poop out of your colon. Sometimes we have to detox people out of your life. (laughs) And if you want a really real time example of this, like if you change, they change just when you give somebody a handshake next time, do the dead fish, they'll change really quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it happens with words. It happens Uh, with facial expressions, like all kinds of stuff. When somebody's really tense in an area, if I relax that area inside myself, they tend to relax. Yeah. Very important point that the practitioners have to be relaxed too. 
Well, I really appreciated our time together and the and the energy that you shared. And I know you're doing good work over there. And thanks for being part of the uh, the bottoms up working class transformation of this world. Because uh, all good things come from bottoms up. You know, real people. You you get fascinated when you heal yourself from whatever, and and you start diving into it and exploring and learning and experimenting, and then all of a sudden people are like, "Dude, you should do this." And you're like, "Ah, oh, but who am I to do this?" Like, dude you've healed yourself and you've helped me. And it's like, okay, well maybe I will. And it's all that self doubt and you've broken through yeah. all that. Now you're probably just like, let's go. There's people out there to help. How can I improve this program? What else can I do? I want to get out to more people. Let's expand it. We know the needs out there. I'm tired of watching people suffer. I love, I love watching people break through. And it's the same feeling that I have over here. So appreciate you for your work, my friend. Any last words? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with you. There never has been. You just got to learn how to work the material like your body is the single greatest gift you've ever been given. And it can be the set, the source and the foundation of a kind of life experience that you read about in all of these mystical things. They can be a day-to-day experience on autopilot when you realize that you stop say, pretending you're broken and just recognize maybe I've just been operating the car a little bit differently than it's, than it needs to be. Awesome. Thank you, my friend. Where do people find you? So you go to the freedom specialist.com. There you can get all the information around online programs you can do from home. The retreats that we run that are five-day, really intensive retreats that handle all of this body-based, body-stuck, like nonverbal stuff. And then you can also, if you're just like, I'm just curious about more of what he's saying and what the stories are and all the things that it's helped, you can catch the book uh, called Built for Freedom there on the website. There's a digital copy or you can go to Amazon or Audible and get the get the audio version. Awesome. So I'm looking at your website right now, thefreedomspecialist.com. And I see the retreats and the programs and I see the book. There it is built for freedom. Get the book. So yeah, you can take a little micro commitment and get the book or just check into the retreats. If you're, if it's resonating with you and you, you feel like this might be a good deal. It's five day transformational program uh, led by Bob. And is your wife there helping you? She does. She comes, she comes on the, the, like the last two days and we do some, she and I were dancers in in a previous life. And so we, we show people how to move in that way. So it's not all like punch and hit and raw. Like we have men, women come, all kinds of stuff. And she comes and we talk relationships and what's gone on with us. She shares with the world all of the things that I did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an adult program, right? <laughs> uh, no, we've had actually uh, teenagers all the way up to age 82, 83, I think. Is, is there a, is there a, a age in what they have to be at least 14 or what? Uh, under 18, we need to have some kind of parent approval or whatnot, but we've had them at least 14, you know, old enough to do it. My, my kids come and help out as well. So oh, there's awesome. People there. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, young, young kids are smarter than us. So that's for sure. Well, my, <laughs> Cause they haven't been oldest, chiseled away yet. <laughs> I know. So my oldest two have been to, my oldest one has been through, and he helps with a lot of the body work and stuff we do there. He's been to like probably 15 of the retreats we run and, uh, he's just a different human being. Like he's got to see adults all the way into their eighties and, and just soak in what, what they've done to their life, what has happened to them. And he just has this breadth of experience of watching what's gone down. And the way he navigates his life is so different than what I see other kids, his age. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be fun. Um, I actually like to explore it. Maybe bring my two sons down and do it together as, as a family and be fun and get to meet you and your, your family too. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on the show. And I want to thank the listeners around the globe for tuning in and uh, liking and sharing and subscribing. And the most important thing I think is that um, 
um, that if there was something, a message here that resonated with you that, you know, you, you share, you share the message with other people, you know, share the podcast with others that you think this might benefit. That's part of that ripple effect. And like you, you can make a difference. And, and again, you know, and the most important thing for me is that, is that you get something that inspires you from these shows and these conversations that you go take action on. Like you have to, what you put out is what you put, what you get back. So if there's good stuff here and you liked it, but for your reality to change, you actually have to put it into to the real world by taking action. So I hope you do that. I hope we even found you, give you some tools or reflection to get you maybe out of a spot that you're in right now. Um, I know a lot of people out there dealing with um, a lot of stuff and it doesn't have to be that way. And it's really not that hard to get out. And there's people like Bob and myself that are, you know, heart centered. We really want to help you out. We really do. So I hope, I really want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening, sharing this podcast until next time, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. Ha, ha, ha.